Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 352 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about retirement withdrawal strategies. And I know that from time to time, I talk about uh, you know the need to take money out of your investment accounts. Uh, and there is no time that is you know more vital to take money out of your investment accounts than retirement. And so we want to make sure that we get it right. And we want to make sure that we do the right things and that we plan accordingly. Now, uh, just one of these strategies is not the perfect one. Uh, just one of these strategies may not be the only one that you employ. Uh, but it's important for you to know uh, what some of your options may be uh, and what the pros and cons of those options are. So stick around for a discussion of all those and more in today's episode. Uh, before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, when you retire, where's your money going to come from, right? Uh, are you going to have Social Security? Maybe, maybe not. Um, are you going to have a pension? Maybe, maybe not, right? For a lot of people, most likely not with a pension, right? Uh, are you going to have some other way uh, that you are going to continue to make income? Are you going to continue working? Maybe, maybe not, right? But what a lot of people can agree on is that when they retire, they are going to uh, employ some, at least some, uh, of the funds that they have invested for themselves over the long period of time. Now, uh, for some people, that sum is a small sum, right? They withdraw just a little bit of what they've put away because they don't need that much of it. Maybe they've got other sources of income. Who knows, right? But then there's other people, uh, and this is not uncommon, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, there are other people who rely heavily on the money that they've invested uh, to, you know, live in retirement. And again, this isn't a bad thing because uh, some people didn't have pensions. Some people didn't have, um, you know, or don't have Social Security, right? Uh, some people see Social Security as just a drop in the bucket as to what they may need. Um, some people don't want to rely on uh, the government for the amount of money that they want to, to be able to live financially free. And, and trust me, the amount that Social Security gives you is not enough uh, to live that financial free life uh, that you look forward to living uh, in retirement, right? So what we want to make sure of uh, is if we are trying to take money out of accounts uh, when we are retired in some capacity, we want to make sure that we get it right. Because the last thing that we want is one, to mess up uh, anything associated with our taxes or whatever. Uh, but two, we don't want to draw down accounts uh, to the point where uh, we're going to hurt our future self. Our, right? We want to keep our future self set up well uh, while still maintaining uh, the, the withdrawals that we actually want from a specific account. 
right? And there are five specific uh, withdrawal strategies that we're going to talk about today, right? There is the 4% rule. There are fixed dollar withdrawals. There are fixed percentage withdrawals. Uh, there are systematic withdrawals. And there are buckets, right? So we'll talk about what all of these uh, look like. And uh, we will begin with the 4% rule. But the right strategy of these five is going to depend on how much money you have saved, uh, how concerned you are about running short of money in retirement, whether you're considering extreme early retirement, right? That's obviously going to impact uh, how you choose to take money out, right? If you're uh, part of the FIRE movement, the financial independence retire early, that will definitely change your strategy. Uh, and ultimately, how much income your investments produce uh, will impact the strategy uh, that you choose. Now, whatever strategy you select, you must withdraw enough money from tax-advantaged accounts such as uh, SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, traditional IRAs, 401ks, whatever, right, to meet uh, the IRS rules for required minimum distributions in retirement, right? That's uh, a reason that we may be, uh, you know, taking some type of distribution. Uh, these just mandate that you withdraw a certain percentage of your investment account every single year uh, after age 72. So you would have to pull from those accounts anyway. Now, uh, if you don't, you're subject to a tax penalty. But uh, what we're really focused on here is not the RMD side of things, not the have to, uh, because that can be decided for you by that specific percentage, right? Uh, what I'm focused on here is the need, right? Uh, what money do you need to take off? And ultimately, uh, which one of these strategies works best uh, in providing for your financial needs? So like I said, we'll begin uh, with the 4% rule, which I have an episode out there on the 4% rule, so I'm not going to spend all day on it, uh, but it is one of the strategies, uh, and I want to cover it. So if you follow the 4% rule, you'll withdraw 4% of your investment account balance in your first year of retirement. Each year, you'll increase the amount to keep pace with inflation, uh, the rising cost of goods and services. Now, uh, this means that even though you're going to take 4% in year one, um, it may not be the exact same 4% uh, in year two, or it might still be 4%, but you just keep growing your money at a pace faster than 4% every single year. Um, and so you just take 4% of a higher number. And so that adjusts you for inflation. And that's something that we cannot forget to take into account uh, when it comes to uh, our retirement withdrawals is inflation, right? Because People think they're going to be retired for like 10 years. And that's just, you know, one of the uh, worst assumptions that we can make in personal finance. Uh, the likelihood is you're probably going to be retired for 20, 25 plus years, right? Uh, so having your money invested properly uh, and ultimately taking care of uh, the, you know, inflation, you know, boogeyman that's just around the corner that uh, may rear its ugly head from time to time like it is right now uh, is very, very important. Now, if you follow the 4% rule and begin retirement with a nest egg of 500000 uh, you would withdraw $20,000 during your first year of retirement. If there's 2% inflation, uh, which is the Fed's target, right, you would withdraw 20400 the following year, right? So they're just saying uh, tack on an extra 2% on top of uh, the 4% that you already took out, which is perfectly fine as well. Now, the major benefit of the 4% rule is that it's a simple approach and your buying power keeps pace with inflation. However, 
with rising interest rates and increased market volatility, uh, there's a risk that you could run out of money using this approach, right? This rule also doesn't provide flexibility uh, to adjust based on performance of your investments. Now, there's this chart that shows uh, the income that would be available to you over a 20-year retirement if you were to retire with $500,000 in 2020 uh, and follow the 4% rule, assuming a 2% inflation rate. And if you followed this withdrawal schedule and your investment account earned an average of 3% annual return, uh, your balance at the end of 20 uh, years would be approximately $243,518. Now, this is not necessarily what we want. I, I'll just say it. This is not what we want, right? Uh, we do not want the value uh, of our nest egg to be declining, especially uh, by more than half over a 20-year period. Uh, if anything, we want to continue to grow our money uh, in retirement. We want to make just as much, if not more, uh, than the amount that we are taking off every single uh, month, every single year, whatever it is. So uh, a 3% average annual return uh, means that you're not you know, investing your money in a, in a proper way or you're vastly uh, underperforming the market, uh, which is neither one is, is a good outcome, okay? Uh, so we need to make sure that we properly invest our money. But um, if you're following the 4% rule, then you need to make more than 4% and you need to make more than an inflation-adjusted uh, 4%. That is uh, very, very important there, okay? So that's the 4% rule. The 4% rule is very, very simple, right? Uh, it gives you this percentage that you take uh, out and you adjust for inflation every single year uh, as well. Okay, so that can be useful, right? But some people are going to need more than 4%. If you have a $500,000 uh, nest egg, uh, taking $20,000 a year off, it can be useful, uh, but that may not be everything that you need, right? You may need more than that. Uh, now, obviously, an easy adjustment for that, if you need more, would be to have a larger nest egg. But even with, let's say, a million dollar uh, nest egg, then you would still be only creating forty thousand uh, dollars a year, and that's not inflation adjusted. But uh, still, right? That, that's not a, a ton of money, uh, especially if you're used to living on, let's say, a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? So the four percent rule uh, it has its um, drawbacks, right? Um, but there are some other uh, strategies that look similar uh, that we can uh, take out money uh, in those ways that may be able to fix for those drawbacks. So there's not just the 4% rule. Obviously, that is uh, something that is kind of arbitrary, follows a lot of old data, uh, has been widely used. Uh, but uh, the other withdrawal strategy, the second withdrawal strategy, uh, is the fixed dollar withdrawals, okay? Which, no surprise, involves taking the same amount of money out of your retirement account every year for uh, a set period, right? For example, you may decide to withdraw $20,000 annually uh, for the first five years of retirement and then reassess, right? Um, and in doing so, you may, like you know, I said earlier, it's very important uh, to take inflation into account. So you may be, uh, in that particular example, in this uh, strategy, taking inflation into account and saying, okay, uh, by, you know, five years from now, right? Uh, $20,000 may not be uh, enough anymore for me to take off of this account, right? Uh, $20,000 may be running a little short because of inflation. Uh, so you give yourself these fixed intervals over which you know uh, how much money you're going to take out and you're going to know how much money you would have to make in your account in order to uh, make up for uh, the loss in your fixed dollar withdrawals. 
Now, the major benefit is that you have a predictable annual income and can determine the amount to withdraw based on uh, your budget in your first year as a retiree. However, there are substantial downsides. If you don't increase your withdrawal amount, you lose buying power over time as a result of inflation, right? Uh, so even though you may plan uh, for inflation in these withdrawals uh, over some fixed period of time, uh, every single year, if you're making the same amount of money, just like uh, if you make the same salary year over year, you are actually making less money. Your buying power, your purchasing power uh, is declining because you can buy less goods and services with that same amount of money because of inflation. Okay, And if you set your fixed dollar amount too high, you run the risk uh, of running out of money in retirement. Right? You can take out the same amount of money every single month or year or whatever, uh, but you know, if that amount is too high and you're not making enough money in your accounts to keep up uh, with that withdrawal, then you could run out of money in retirement, which is a uh, worst case scenario, right? So uh, if you just look at the purchasing power of a $20,000 annual withdrawal over time, again, you, you assume, uh, you know, 2% inflation, um, you know, you look over a 20 year period and $20,000 becomes worth a lot more like you know, thirteen five or so, right? Uh, it really, really slashes down. Even at a two percent inflation rate, uh, it's you know inflation adjusted value. So you need to be careful about taking fixed dollar withdrawals because ultimately, uh, over time, that amount of money is not going to buy you the same uh, amount of things anymore. Now, fixed dollar withdrawals they can be useful, uh, and the reason that they can be useful is again because they are predictable. Uh, and again, if you if you're taking these fixed dollar withdrawals, it doesn't mean you have to. It doesn't mean that you have to stay taking fixed dollar withdrawals. Uh, you may adjust what your fixed dollar withdrawals look like, right? Uh, but what you may do is in the early years have some uh, number if you uh, know you can live on that number uh, and take that money out and know uh, and plan for inflation that is going to occur and know that over time you'll still have plenty to buy the things that you want to buy but maybe you'll be able to enjoy those early years a little more uh, with some more uh, residual income with some more purchasing power and just know that your purchasing power would decline over time uh, and plan accordingly okay so uh, fixed dollar withdrawals i think uh, is a decent idea i don't think it's the best idea though when it comes to uh, retirement withdrawals simply because um, you know overestimating uh, your withdrawals can you know it can decimate your retirement accounts and uh, it can ultimately uh, lead to decreases in purchasing power over time. Uh, but underestimating uh, may force you into this place where there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, and if you underestimate what those withdrawals need to be, uh, you are losing purchasing power on less money than you actually need, uh, which make things, makes things pretty tight uh, in the budget, right? So uh, I don't think that's the best idea, but uh, it is one particular strategy that you can use. Then another retirement withdrawal strategy that we have uh, is the fixed percentage withdrawal. And I like the fixed percentage withdrawal, okay? Uh, this involves withdrawing a fixed percentage of your uh, account balance every single year. So for example, you take out 3.5% or 4% of your total invested funds every single year. With this approach, the amount you withdraw will vary as your investment account balance rises and falls. Okay, uh, so let me just give you uh, an example that could occur uh, over the course of however many years you want to look at, right? 
So let's just say that you have your money invested in retirement um, and you know maybe you've got a 60-40 portfolio, a 50-50 portfolio, who knows, who cares, okay? But let's say you've got $2.5 million, which would be a nice little nest egg, right? That'd be a nice little nest egg to have uh, saved up for you and your family, okay? Now let's say uh, you make on that $2.5 million uh, 10%, right? You make 10% in one year, so that would leave you um, $2,750,000, okay? Well, let's say you decided you were going to take off 5% uh, of your investments every single year, okay? So that means that you would take $137,500 off of that $2.75 million, okay? And so now what we're left with uh, after that particular withdrawal right, would be $2.6125 million, okay? Now, let's say uh, you had that amount, you started with that amount, but let's say the value of your accounts declined uh, by, I don't know, 18% the next year, okay, which is a very bad year, but could definitely happen, right? Let's say it declined by 18% uh, that next year. Well, that uh, would then leave you with $2.142 million, which is still no slouch, but now you have less money than you began with, okay? But again, we are going to take 5% off, okay? We're going to take 5% off of that uh, new account value. And so now I would take $107,112.50 off of my account for that year, right? So it's $30,000 less than I took the year before, but I'm taking off the same percentage, which is commensurate with uh, the amount of money that I actually have. Now, something that's useful about this is that you'll never run out of money. Now, uh, the problem may be that, you know, you get less and less if your account balances go down, which, you know, is problematic, uh, can be problematic, but uh, the fact that you are just taking a percentage uh, will allow you to, if you have uh, a decrease in value like we saw here, get your money back uh, in some reasonable uh, amount of time, okay? Uh, now, this differs from the 4% rule. Now, I don't want you to think, well, isn't this just a 4% rule, but with any percentage? Not necessarily, okay? Uh, because you might choose a different percentage of your account balance to withdraw, and because you keep the, per the percentage the same every year instead of starting with uh, 4% withdrawal and adjusting uh, for inflation. Here, we are not making an inflation adjustment, right? All we're doing is saying, uh, let's take our money, let's see how much it grows, see what it becomes, and then uh, we'll take off a certain percentage, right? And then we'll let it grow or uh, decline in value, see what it becomes, take off that same percentage the next year. And what this does uh, is this allows you to take off that exact same percent every single year. Uh, and especially if you have a certain um, investment percentage that, that you think uh, you'll probably make, right? This return uh, that you think you'll make over time, then you can just set your withdrawal rate uh, below the return uh, and maybe even below the return on an inflation adjusted basis. Uh, and then you can uh, take that amount of money out every single month, right? Uh, or every single year, whatever, however you want to look at it. Okay. Uh, but this can be useful. I like uh, this setup. I like this idea. I think uh, when I get to retirement, this may be something that I do. And the major benefit of this approach is that this system naturally adjusts uh, for market fluctuations. But unfortunately, if you choose too large a percentage, you risk being left with too little money. Okay. Uh, so again, you want to choose um, a, a percentage that is, you know, believable, that is realistic. 
Okay, but at the same time, you can know based on what you're invested in what is realistic and what isn't. Now, your income also changes from year to year, so it can be difficult to make financial plans, but it's actually very useful uh, if you are somebody who has more than you need uh, and you're just really trying to enjoy what you have, right? Uh, so these fixed percentage withdrawals are really useful for somebody uh, who, you know, maybe in that example I gave, maybe I only need, you know, $90,000 a year, right, in retirement. But I know I'm going to get well more than that by taking that 5% and not just use that other money to give or to uh, enjoy or whatever I want to do, right? Uh, so it can be useful in that way um, if you, you know, have more than you need and you're just, you know, wanting to have a little fun with some money, uh, it can dictate, uh, you know, whatever the percentage, you know, dollar amount ends up being, um, that can dictate how much extra stuff or fun you have uh, with your money that year. Um, but ultimately, the better the market does, the more money you are going to be able to make, uh, the more money you are going to be able to pull off. The worse the market does, uh, the less you will pull off. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, like I said earlier, you'll never run out of money, though uh, you may be taking out less and less if the market continues in a downward fashion, okay? Now, that is the uh, third withdrawal strategy. What about the fourth? The fourth is systematic withdrawals. Now, systematic withdrawals, uh, they leave your principal invested throughout the entirety of your retirement, right? You withdraw only the income your investments produce from uh, interest or dividends, okay? Uh, so, what this is saying is, uh, is that you only pull off the money that you make every single year. Now, the major benefit of this approach is that you cannot run out of money. Okay, so that's that's extremely valuable. Unfortunately, your nest egg needs to be quite large to provide enough income for you to live on. Your income will also vary from year to year depending on market performance, which, like I said, is okay, but again, it's nicer uh, if you have more than you actually need. Uh, this, again, makes it difficult to create a financial plan uh, and if you know your investment gains don't keep pace with inflation, you could see your purchasing power fall. Okay, uh, so this is just saying, hey, take what you make, right? Take what you make out of your accounts. Don't take any more. Don't take any less. Uh, just take the income uh, that your uh, retirement accounts create, and that's it. Now, I think that mixing something like systematic withdrawals with the fixed percentage withdrawals is, uh, you know, useful uh, in strategy, right? Um, I think, again, the systematic withdrawals can be useful. They're very, very simple, right? And it's going to make sure that you don't ever run out of money and that, uh, you know, you can likely have what you need if you do some proper planning. Uh, but without proper planning, systematic withdrawals uh, can be uh, a very negative thing because, you know, either you withdraw too much uh, or you're left with too little in your nest egg or whatever, right? Uh, but it still can be a useful uh, strategy for you to employ in retirement. Now, what about uh, the fifth and final uh, retirement withdrawal strategy here? The final strategy that we have is called buckets, okay? Now, when you implement a bucket strategy, you have three separate sources of retirement income, all right? Uh, you have a savings account that holds approximately three to five years worth of living expenses in cash. You have fixed income securities, including government and corporate bonds or CDs or whatever, right? And you have equity investments or your stocks, right? Now with this approach, you draw from your savings account to cover your expenses and you refill that bucket with money from the other two, okay? Now this enables you to avoid selling assets at a loss. 
when you refill your savings account, you do so either by selling stocks if the market is up or by selling your fixed income securities if they've performed well. If both stocks and bonds are down, you continue to withdraw from your savings. Okay, so let's just back this up and talk about it for just a second. Okay, so what this is saying is you have this savings account that has three to five years uh, of your uh, living expenses in it. Okay, uh, you have your equity investments, you have your fixed income investments. You take money out of your savings account, right, for that year or whatever, right, however, whatever time period it is. And then you say, okay, I'm going to refill that savings account with my investments that have done well. So you look around and you go, okay, uh, have my fixed income securities made money? And if the answer uh, is yes, then you'll take some of the money that they made and put it into uh, that savings account. Have my equity investments made money? If the answer is yes, take some of the money that they've made, put it in that savings account up to the reimbursement amount. So up into the amount uh, that you took out of that savings account in the first place right? Uh, in order to reimburse yourself. So what this does uh, is this always leaves you with some liquid cash. It always leaves you with money and savings accounts that you can continue to pull out, uh, but it allows you to reimburse yourself from your investments without ever losing money uh, you know, over the long term, unless your investments just continue to tank for some reason. Now, if you can't reimburse yourself because your fixed income securities are down or equity investments are down or both, right? Uh, then that's okay. You'll just keep pulling from that savings account until you can uh, reimburse yourself. Uh, that's why there are three to five years worth of living expenses. Uh, so if the market is down or if both markets are down for some period of time, uh, then you will still be able uh, to live. You'll still be able to take money out that you need. Now, the major benefit of this approach is that you have more control uh, over when you sell investments uh, and you can potentially grow your investment balance over time. However, it can quickly become time consuming and you still need to use another method uh, to determine how much you can afford to spend every single year. Okay, um, so we need to make sure in this you know scenario uh, that we know how much we can afford. We know how much uh, we can spend because three to five years of living expenses, who determined what that value was, right? And who determined uh, you know, what you could expect to make in your equity investments and fixed income securities in order to reimburse that amount uh, every single year. We need to make sure uh, that we know what those values are uh, and be very clear. Um, I think buckets is a good idea, right? Uh, it's good in theory, uh, but I think it's, you know, like I said, it's a lot of work. Um, and a lot of focus on you know reimbursement and uh, maybe having a little too much uh, in cash for my liking. Okay, um, so again, if you were to give me a choice, I would say fixed percentage withdrawals is something that I'll probably end up doing. Uh, systematic withdrawals can be useful. Uh, but that's a bit more arbitrary than is a uh, fixed percentage. I think finding a percentage that is reasonable and that you can make a higher percentage in your investments than uh, that percentage uh, and just keeping your money invested, keep pulling off that fixed percentage every single year, make sure that uh, even if the market were to go down, you could still pull out enough money uh, to sustain yourself. And obviously, in all of these scenarios, uh, flexibility is key. Right, we don't want to get so stuck on a strategy that we're like, you know, you know, even if we can't take out what we need to live, 
uh, that we just continue in the strategy. No, if you can't take out what you need to live based on the strategy, then you may need to reevaluate your strategy. You may need to reevaluate what you're doing uh, with your retirement accounts um, and maybe pick another strategy here uh, that would be more beneficial to you over a long period of time. So I would suggest that that be the case. Do not allow yourself uh, to fall into you know forced poverty uh, just because you're trying to stick to some strategy. No, uh, find the strategy that works for you uh, and that will allow you to continue to grow forward over a long period of time. Because ultimately, yes, we do want to keep pulling money off of our accounts. We want to get the income that we need, but we also want to grow our principal. We don't want uh, to be eating into our principal balance over time. Um, and I think the fixed percentage withdrawals is um, you know, a useful way in order to do this. I'm not uh, opposed to the 4% rule. I just think 4% uh, is a bit arbitrary. Um, and I think adjusting for inflation in all cases uh, is absolutely vital because if we do not, if we do not take into account decreases in purchasing power uh, of, you know, fixed values of money, uh, then we are going to be in trouble uh, when it comes, you know, to 20 years later and you're pulling the exact same amount that you were uh, 20 years ago and wondering why, uh, you know, your lifestyle doesn't look the same. That's why. Okay. Um, so hopefully this is useful, right? Hopefully this is uh, help past just uh, the 4% withdrawal strategy. And uh, this can help you to understand how maybe you can withdraw funds, uh, what some of your options are. And, you know, by no means are these the only options, uh, but these are some of the very well-known ways that you can do this. And I think every other way that you may choose uh, will be some derivation of uh, one of these strategies. Um, and this doesn't just have to be used for retirement. Right, this can be used for uh, paying for your kid's college in some way, shape, or form. Right now, that would, um, you know, probably be a little more specific to the type of strategy that you uh, employ. But nonetheless, you can choose it uh, for that. You can, you know, choose it for, you know, supplemental income if you're still working and uh, you know, you want to be creating extra income for yourself. You can choose how to do that as well. Right, but retirement is the biggest place in which we need to come up with a withdrawal strategy. And these are just some of the major ones. And hopefully they're helpful to you and, and can help to uh, inform the way that you choose uh, to pull money out of uh, your investment accounts as you move into uh, this retirement phase at some point in your life. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to the show on a day-to-day -day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.